I get to breathe. <laughs> Here's a, here's a note to self, okay? If you've got one of these masks on, don't have an eclipse mint when you've got a mask on because the the air as you're breathing out goes straight up into your eyes. And I could not stop that. Like my eyes, I, was, I looked like I was bawling my eyes out. But it was, it was just a mint. It's all I had. It's just a mint. Mask out here. The things you learn in the lockdown, eh? The things you learn. Oh, yeah, yeah. Praise God. Bless Jesus. <clears throat> okay. Sorry? Maybe, maybe. We're not going there this morning, though. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the power of your word. I thank you for that uh, you're here by your spirit. I thank you that uh, this is a time we can focus in on you and your word. We can focus in on all that you say, how you, you shape us, you mould us. But I thank you for this word going in and bringing transformation into the lives of people today. I thank you, Lord God, that... Uh, we're here to glorify you and to, to let our lives sing for you, uh, to, to rejoice in your goodness. I thank you for the transformational power of your word this morning in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. So um, welcome to Infuse Church. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Gary. Uh, along with my lovely wife, Jane, we pastor the church. You've got a great group of people around us. They just are so, so good. Really appreciate uh, the help of... Althea and Jules this morning in, in writing out the cards that uh, the majority of people got uh, today. So I really thank you for that and helping us with that. Um, there, uh, I'll pray that every one of you got one that was relevant to you in the moment because uh, I do believe that there was something on that and, and I'm going to talk about that uh, a little bit later in the message anyway. So just want to uh, say thank you to them. Um, there's no cafe on after the service, um, obviously with all the, the restrictions. What I would encourage you, though, is to find a, a cafe or a restaurant and take someone out for lunch. Uh, get to know, or better yet, uh, invite someone home for a meal, uh, something along those sort of lines so that continuing to, uh, to connect with each other. All right. We are into this series on Arise that I felt like God gave me at the start of the year, the word Arise. Uh, and uh, this is something we're going to continue to lean into uh, this morning. Uh, Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Arise, uh, as we've been learning, is activating our connections. It's about us ramping up our worship, investing our gifts. It's about us stretching our faith and engaging our communities. That's what Arise spells out for us as a church. So what I would encourage us to do as a church is to start to lean into each of these different areas so that we can start to see our lives flourish and go to a whole new level. Never more than ever does our community, our world need the church to arise than today. We, we need to arise in the strength and the anointing of the Spirit of God. We need the power of the Holy Spirit active in our lives to see uh, God glorified, but also to see hope restored to our communities because I believe that our communities are crying out for hope in our communities today. So uh, this morning I want to focus in on uh, the S of Arise, which is stretching our faith. If you wanted to find out a little bit about activating our connections, ramping up our worship or investing our gifts, head over to our YouTube channel. You can get all of those messages and you can view those to your heart's content. Don't forget to like them or subscribe to them. That way you get uh, keep in touch with all the, the stuff that gets up uh, on our various uh, social media platforms. But this morning, I want to talk about stretching our faith. Why don't you say that to yourself this morning? I'm going to stretch my faith. 
I'm going to stretch my faith. I'm going to stretch my faith. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 to 10 says this. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. It was God's grace that saved us through our faith in the finished work of Christ on the cross. It was God, it's, it's this whole thing, for, it's a gift from start to finish. It's I couldn't earn it, you couldn't earn it, it's a gift from God. We are the work of God's grace. We are new creations. We've been born again for a purpose. God's got a purpose for your life and for my life. I think that's an incredible thing that the God of the universe drilled down so much on us as individuals that he actually created a purpose for us. God has a powerful purpose for us. He has prepared a great purpose for us. And that purpose is not different from that of the the early disciples whom Jesus first called when he walked the earth in his his earthly ministry. Have a look at uh, Luke chapter 5, verse 27. It says this, After this, Jesus went out and noticed a tax collector named Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and Jesus said to him, Follow me as my disciple, accepting me as your master and teacher and walking the same path of life that I walk. This is taken from the Amplified Bible. It just expands it just a little bit, gives you a better understanding, comments on uh, the passage that's there. But I love it what it says that, you know, we're going to walk in the same path of life that Jesus walked. See, when Jesus called his disciples to follow him, they went where he went. He, they, they, they stayed where he stayed. They ate and they rested where he ate and where he rested. They did what he did. They learned from him as they followed him. The other thing is that when Jesus called his disciples to follow him, he challenged them. He stretched them, he taught them, he encouraged them, he rebuked them even, he empowered them, he leaned on them in the moment, he served them, he washed their feet and he died for them. And I want to tell you this morning that it's my belief that their call is our call as believers this morning. Their call is our call. We've been called to follow Jesus in the same way that the early disciples were as well that we are to walk the same path of life that the disciples walked when they followed Jesus. Jesus did something, they copied that. They they walked in that same thing. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20, is the great commission that, uh, that Jesus gave just before he ascended to heaven. It says, Jesus told his disciples, Go, make disciples, baptize them and teach them to obey my word and surely I'll be with you to the end of the very age. See, this is going to be something that's going to stretch our faith, being a disciple, following in the life and the pathway of Jesus. It's going to stretch your faith. It's going to stretch our faith. Trust me, it's going to stretch your faith. It's going to stretch your your faith this morning. So, So to be a disciple of Jesus and to raise up disciples for Jesus is going to stretch our faith. We see this modelled in the early church in the book of Acts chapter 2. I've got a a, a wayward eyelash. Jesus. (coughs) 
So we see this, this whole thing modeled in the, in the early church in Acts chapter 2. Peter preached the good news that brought people to faith in Jesus. In Acts chapter 2, verses 37 to 41, it says this. Peter's words, after he's given this great message, he stood up at the day of Pentecost, he's given this great message. Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and to the other apostles that were there, brothers, what should we do? And Peter said, you must repent. Turn to God and be baptized. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And those who believed, everyone say believed. Everyone who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. I wanted you to notice that there is a specific order to this this passage of, uh, of Scripture. First came the faith to believe in Jesus. Then the decision came to live for Jesus. There's faith in Jesus that starts it and there's, uh, there's this, this whole thing that we make a decision based upon our faith to pursue what God has got in our life, okay? It took faith for me and Jane, to, to like for me to be a police officer, knowing that there was a call of God upon my life, that I needed to step into that call. I had the faith to do it, but then I made the decision to actually move into this role. You find out, like anything, that we have this faith to pray for people because we believe that God can heal them, so then we lay our hands on them. We made a decision based upon our faith to step out in, in action upon what we believed and had faith in Jesus. Does that make sense this morning? Am I, am I making it clear to you this morning? Okay, give me a blink of your eyes so I know, like, that's uh, that's what's happening here. We're, yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing with you, Gary, it's good. Okay, so we have this whole thing here where we have the faith to believe and then we make a decision to act upon what we believe. Acts chapter 2 verses 42 to 47 actually sums up the life of a disciple and what it looks like for us. It says, all the believers. In other words, the same believers that Peter led to faith in Jesus. So these same believers devoted themselves, they made a decision to devote themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship and the sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. All the believers, the same people that Peter spoke to that had the faith in Jesus to follow Jesus and to do what Jesus has asked, they met together in one place. They shared everything that they had with those in need. They worshipped together. They met in homes and shared meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. These the disciples lived this way because of a decision based on faith in Jesus. They stepped out of what they were doing previously and they stepped into a new realm of living because of their faith in Jesus. Faith in Jesus will change your life. Not faith in, in, in healing, not faith in provision, but faith in God will change your life. It will cause you to live a different way because you see who God is and all that he has made available to us and that will change our lives. The result of their faith was to follow Jesus, these disciples. They, took, they used the mustard seed of faith that they had in Christ and they stretched it by devoting themselves in a community to reach a community. They gave themselves to God. Living as a believer in a community of believers should stretch our faith. Yeah. 
Trust me, there's people that, you know, it takes faith to get alongside. It stretches us to, to put the word of God into action because some people are prickly. Or is that just the church down the road that those people live at? I'm just speaking the truth to you, you know, because we, we think differently. We've got different backgrounds. We've got different personalities. And someone says something, they, they have no malice in the, what they're saying, but the way that they say it, we take offence to or, you know, whatever. So it takes faith to live in community. And that's okay. It's okay to do that. We take time. We give people grace to, to be themselves and for us to learn to live together. See, stretching our faith is worth it. I want to say 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. <clears throat> says, We ought always to thank God for you, brothers, and I'll put, and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love every one of you has for each other is increasing. It's recognised that these people in the church in Thessalonica, their faith was growing because there was an evidence of their faith growing and that was in that their love for each other was growing. It was increasing because love is not an emotion, it is an action. Love is more than an emotion. Their faith grew and the results were visible to others. It was seen in the way that they also grew in love for each other. See, Let's stretch our faith so others can see it as we stretch our faith to reach the shops, as we stretch our faith to reach our workplace, as we stretch our faith to reach our kids' sporting teams. Let's stretch our faith so that it reaches our neighbours next door. Let's stretch our faith so that it reaches our family and friends. Let's stretch our faith to, to reach our missionaries through Bridges for Peace and the Haggai Institute and the Australian Christian Churches International. Let's stretch our faith to reach our schools and the chaplains that are in our, our schools around about the Adelaide Hills. We need to stretch our faith in these areas so that it reaches into these places. Our faith is not just for us. Our faith is supposed to reach someone. Stretching our faith is all about being a disciple of Jesus that reaches every area of our life. It's not just on a Sunday. We've got to make sure that our faith reaches Monday. We've got to make sure that our faith reaches Tuesday. It's not good just to come to church and be a person who calls themselves a believer on a Sunday. Anyone can be a believer on a Sunday, but it takes a disciple to be a, like a believer on Tuesday, Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday. Do you understand what I'm saying? <clears throat> so how do we stretch our faith? How do we grow in faith? Simply put, stretching our faith means to grow spiritually to mature in our knowledge of God that changes the way that we live. Okay? That's why you've been given cards today that has a scripture on it. Because there's a part of me that I felt like on Tuesday, when I, Monday or Tuesday, I can't remember when I sent the email out, I felt God speak to me specifically that people would get cards that are specific for them, that there is something in those cards that God is wanting you to activate. There's an activation to faith. Did you know that? There's something that we have to do to, to 
activate our faith. God speaks to us a word and quite often it's to step out, it's to speak up, it's to rejoice, it's to declare, it's to praise, it's to pray. It's God's, God's got something for us to do as a result of hearing his word. He doesn't speak just to hear his own voice. <clears throat> Ultimately, our goal is to become more like Christ. That's the goal of our faith. Just as a person grows physically from an infant to a mature adult, a Christian's life is designed to grow spiritually from a baby Christian to a mature Christian. Okay? 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 2 to 3 says, Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it they, you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. There's this area where we go from milk to, to solid foods and stuff like that. Paul addressed some of the practices of Christians in the church in Corinth. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 to 3, it says this, but I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you milk, not solid food, for you weren't ready for it. People say to me sometimes, how come you just give us the milk of the word? Give us some real, give us the meat of the word. Well, what did you do with the milk? Did you put the milk to work? Did you actually activate the milk in your life as well? No, did I want to tell you straight up front, and, I, and I'll come to this point in a moment. Actually, I'll leave it to them. Did you know that the conversation I just had with the Holy Spirit? That's great. That's good. So we, in, I fed you milk, not solid food, for you weren't ready for. And even now you're not ready for. You are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? Paul is saying this. He's saying he began with feeding them milk or with the spiritual basics of faith. Yet they were still not ready for solid food as their maturity was lacking in God. They, 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 they just, it was not there. They weren't feeding themselves. You know, one of the greatest things that I could do to, to help this church is to teach you to feed yourself, to be a self-feeder of God's word. Because if you only come here and the only time you ever hear the, the word of God or you only praise when you come here, you only worship when you come here, only pray when you come here, then I have failed in my job and I've not equipped you because you need to be self-feeders. I'm going to give you the tools that, to do that. We need to be in the Word of God. We need to, like the YouVersion Bible app on smartphones is one of the greatest tools that a Christian, a disciple can have to access the Word of God on a daily basis in our lives. There is not a, uh, you can find any sort of a, a, a Bible reading plan there that will help you, okay? <clears throat> Paul says he began feeding them milk or the spiritual basics, yet they were still not ready. They, they, they lacked a, a, a maturity. Their lack of spiritual maturity was seen in jealousy and in internal conflicts. Paul is addressing the believers who had failed to grow in their faith. There's a huge gap with many Christians in knowing God's word 
and doing God's word. There is a massive difference between knowing God's word and living God's word with many Christians. And I know that that's no one here. I know that you guys are all fine and you're living for Jesus. And There's this massive difference. To grow in faith means growing in the word of God and in applying it to our lives. Can you imagine? The disciples are walking with Jesus. Jesus tells them to do something. He says, you know, I, what I'm, I don't want you to take a bag with you. I don't want to take a walking stick with you. I don't want you to take a money bag to go with you. I just want you to go out there and, and just heal the sick, raise the dead and stuff like that. And the guys are there sitting around. That's a great idea, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just sat there. What do you reckon Jesus would do? I've got no clue. Because I know that they didn't do that. The disciples got up. When Jesus said something to them, they did it. And that's the same call that we've got as Christians. We might not like what Jesus tells us to do. But I want to tell you this morning that God is doing something in your life that is going to benefit you. He wants to do something in your life that is going to help you and transform parts of our lives that need to be transformed. See, stretching our faith benefits not just our relationship with God, it actually benefits our relationship with other people as well. Because Jesus says to us, you've got to forgive your enemies. You've got to pray for those who despitefully use you. How is that any benefit between me and God? Well, it makes sure that the relationship between me and Jesus is really good, but it also makes sure that, I'm working on my relationships with people around about me as well. And I'm, I, I want a good relationship. I want a good uh, you know, reputation in the community or whatever it is. See, as we grow, uh, seek to grow in faith, rather than being jealous of one another or attempt to set ourselves apart as better than others, as, as was happening in this Corinthian church, we should have the same attitude that Paul spoke of in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 7. He says, So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God. He's the one. He's the one that gives the growth. He's the one that helps us to grow. When our life is consumed with living for God and his glory, we are well on our way to growing in faith and are being spiritually mature. See, here's the thing with stretching our faith. It takes time to stretch our faith. It takes time and it takes effort. See, God ultimately causes the growth, yet he expects us to follow his ways, to seek to grow and getting innovative in the way that we as disciples live for Jesus. Have you lost your innovation for God? Have you lost your innovation for sharing the gospel? Have you lost your initiative in doing those sorts of things? See, when we just go through the motions, we get stuck we, get, we, we become stagnant and, and, and ultimately we fail because there's no life to our faith. We're just going through the motions. And I know that there are seasons when we think, think we're going through a winter period, and I understand that. But there's sometimes where you're just going through the motions, you're not making any effort whatsoever to connect with God in that wilderness space. But as a Christian who's full of faith, 
God doesn't want us to become stagnant. He wants us to grow in him, growing from faith to faith. Romans 1.17 says this, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Live by faith. Do you, do you catch what, what the Apostle Paul is saying here? There's a faith that has an outworking in the way that we live. We're going from faith to faith. We are stretching our faith from this mustard seed that we have to what God wants us to develop in our lives. And it means getting to know him better and getting to know him more this week than last week. It means getting to know him better today than yesterday. See, here's the number one reason that people do not stretch our faith. Fear. It is the number one reason we don't stretch our faith. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, says, For God did not, he did not give us a spirit of timidity, a spirit of fear. Uh, the Amplified Bible opens it up and says, Of cowardice, of craven and cringing and fawning fear. It's, it's pretty like direct, isn't it? You get an idea of what, what the sort of spirit that Jesus doesn't give us. He says, But he has given us a spirit of power, of love and discipline or self-control. Fear doesn't come from God, church. Fear does not come from, from, from God. Fear does not come from God. God gives us power, love and discipline. Those things come from God. God gives us the power, his power that's birthed in his love to be a disciplined disciple. The discipline of God, listen to this, and this is why I'm, I, I, because some of you feel, may, may be feeling that I'm a bit harsh this morning. I'm up in your, your face this morning. I'm up in your grill this morning. You're thinking, man, he's, he's just, he's getting it really, he's landed on thick this morning. And I want to tell you that's because I love you and I know that there's something in you that God wants to get out. But this is the thing that you need to understand about discipline. Dis the discipline of God is not something that is done to us. It is done for us. It is not done to us. It is not done to you. It is done for you. Help it change the mindset that God is wanting to draw something out of me that is massive. It's, 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 it's precious. It's, it's something that we may not have seen ourselves. It's not something that God does to us. It's God does something for us. He's wanting to release the fragrance of heaven itself. He's wanting the, the Holy Spirit to be able to get a hold of us in such a way that there's a clean vessel that God can use for what he wants to do in the earth. I thought that was a great point. <clears throat> his discipline is birthed in his love. It's for our benefit, not for our harm. You know what? As parents... We don't uh, do discipline to our kids. We do it for them. Why? Because you love your kids. And when you tell them, don't touch the saucepan that's on the oven top because it's hot, it's not because you're wanting to deprive them of any spiritual benefit or any earthly benefit. There's not going to be coming like millions of dollars out of the saucepan as they touch that, that you're wanting them not to be able to access. What you're wanting to make sure is that they're safe. 
Because you love your kids so much, you don't want to see them hurt. See, God disciplines us and we get to respond to that discipline because God is wanting to release to us our potential, to draw out of us the jewels and the beauty of it all. He's put in us those things that maybe sometimes we just don't know that, that are there. See, let me read 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 again. For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but he has given us a spirit of power, love, and discipline. Don't let fear be what you respond to. Don't let it dominate your life or our lives in such a way that it stops us from doing what God wants us to do. Don't let us be more aware about what God is doing than what the enemy wants to do in the earth, earth today. God's wanting his church to arise as this pandemic goes across the world. Don't worry about what the government's doing. Pray for the government. And there's some things we do need to get up and, uh, uh, and speak up about, and I get that. That's okay. But we do that strategically. We do that with planning. But let's start to focus in on what God is doing in our world today. There are needs being met. There are families being supported. There are things going on in our world today where Christians are feeding those who are poor. They're finding homes for the homeless. They're doing things that are supporting our, our community. Why? Because God has got a hold of some disciples who he's spoken to and who are stepping out in faith and doing something amazing. Don't let fear be what we respond to. Let the spirit of power, love and discipline be what we respond to and are led by. See, fear stops us from following Jesus because we may have to change the way that we live. We're happy with what we're doing. We're happy with our secret sins. We're happy with the way that we do stuff at home. We're happy about how we just do the living life. God is wanting us to stretch our faith, to live for him and bring glory to him. Stretch our lives and live for Jesus. Fear stops us living the word because we're afraid of what our family and friends and our workmates might say. But what if we stretched our faith to reach our family and friends with God's word? Fear stops us declaring the word of God. We say to ourselves, well, what if nothing happens? But what if we stretched our faith to declare God's word, creating an atmosphere of faith in which the Holy Spirit is released and we bring the word to pass? Do you see that there's, if you start to respond to fear, <clears throat> nothing happens. But if we respond in faith and step out on that faith because we are a disciple of Jesus Christ, living by the word of God, everything can change. You just need one word from God. <clears throat> Fear focuses on why we shouldn't share the good news. But what if we did share the good news? What if we stretched our faith to talk about our loving God, our, our, our God who's got a plan of eternal life and salvation for our neighbours? Fear stops us, but God has not given us a spirit of fear. God has given us and you and me a spirit of power, of love and of discipline. Do you know that, that word uh, discipline, it actually has its root words in, in discipleship, being a disciple. It's so close. It's a part of what discipleship is all about, is being a disciplined learner. Discipline's not bad. 
It may feel like it's painful for a moment, but I want to tell you that the discipline of love, is. it says in the, in the Hebrews, I'm pretty sure, that God loves those whom he disciplines. He's not doing it to you. He's doing it for you. Stretching our faith is about following Jesus beyond Sunday. Stretching our faith is about being a disciple, not just a believer. Stretching our faith is about disciplining ourselves to apply and live God's word. Stretching our faith is about faith growing and increasing in all areas of our lives, the visible and the invisible, at home, at work, in the shops and at our school, in darkness and in light, in tough times and in good times, in the the lean times and the times of plenty. The more that we focus on Jesus, the more our faith will grow. Amen? Amen? I'm done. There you go. Next week I I, I want to bring, I want to lean into this uh, stretching our faith a little bit more. And I want to give us four ways to stretch our faith. Just four things to help us stretch our faith. Next Sunday, next Sunday you don't want to miss it because uh, I, I, what many people don't know is that those only watch it on, online, they miss the fact that we give $100 bills out as everyone leaves the church. <laughs> they can't see that happening. Uh, okay, that's not true. Okay, it's not true. <clears throat> Yet. <laughs> David wants to give $100 bills. Here's, here's something I, I felt like I needed to pray for this morning as I was just praying into this message. I want to pray for people who are just going through the motions. Just want to pray for people who are going through the motions. It's been a hard year. And I want to say that even going through the motions, the fact that you're here today, I think that's amazing. Because it takes faith to come out and actually you know, put yourself in a position or a place where you are going to be challenged, where the Spirit of God is moving, where there is faith in the house. It takes faith to do that. And I applaud your courage. I applaud your courage. It takes such faith to do that. But this morning, I want to maybe pray for people that you're just going through the motions. I want to pray life into your faith. I want to pray passion into your faith. I want to pray you know, liberty and freedom and wholeness in your faith this morning. I want you to, to, to rejoice in your faith this morning. I want you to, to praise in your faith this morning. And I know that's difficult for people to respond to in this moment. And I'm just going to ask everybody to stand and, uh, and just maybe shift your face mask to your eyes so people can't see and look around. And, although maybe not a good idea. <clears throat> but this morning I just want to give people an opportunity to to, to just respond in this moment because I believe there's faith here this morning. I believe God's doing something by His Spirit here this morning and He's changing people's lives. He's changing people's perception. He's changing the way that we see ourselves. So just have every head bowed, please. Every eye closed. Please just respect this moment for, for, for a tick, please. And I'm just asking if, if you feel like you're just going through the motions, I want to pray for you. So I'm just going to ask you really quickly to just put your hand up real quick and put it down again. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. 
Any thank you? Any others? Thank you. Any other thank you? Any others this morning? The, the beauty of this is that God knew that you were going to be here this morning. And he's made a way for you to come out of this just going through the motions. So I, I just one more, three seconds more. Anybody else who just wants to pray in this moment, wants me to pray for anyone else? Okay. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for those people that have responded, recognized the place that they're in this morning. Just knowing that they're going through the motions. They're just going through the motions. And I pray in Jesus' name that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you, Lord God, would take them to a, another level. Let them hear your voice. Let them read a passage this week that comes alive to them and it just transforms them in this moment. Father, I thank you that you'd remind them of their purpose in you. Lord, that your purpose creates passion because you've got something you want us to do in this time and in this season. So I pray right now for the power of the Holy Spirit to bring back your uh, remembrance of their purpose in you. Lord, that you created them for a purpose. Lord, in Jesus' name, I release purpose, I release passion, I release all that you have for these people today. In the mighty name of Jesus. While everyone has got your head bowed and eyes closed, I, I don't know everybody here this morning, but I want to give people an opportunity to receive Christ as your Lord and Saviour. Jesus changed my life. and so many people's lives here, he's changed as well. But I want to say to you this morning, if you don't know Jesus, maybe you're watching online, you're watching this, uh, this message on our YouTube channel, it, Jesus is, is knocking on the door of your heart this morning and he's saying to you, come and follow me. Come and follow me. Come and follow me. He's saying it to you specifically. And if you would like to respond to that and say, Lord Jesus, I want to say yes to you right now. And I turn my back on my old way of living and I want to follow you and your pathway of life. That you are my master, you are my teacher and I choose to follow you. Where you go, I go. What you say, I say. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray right now, is there anybody here that would like to accept Christ as your Lord and say, you've never done it before, but this morning you want to? Can I ask you just put your hand up nice and tall so that I can see it? And so that I know who I'm praying for this morning. Anybody here? Okay. Father, I just thank you for your people. I thank you for anybody who may have responded online. Father, thank you that you come in and you touch their world with the good news of Jesus Christ. They are born again, born of the Spirit of God, born of the Word of God. You touch them and fill them in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.